On the penultimate lap of his round-the-planet tour, pumping police chiefs in odd cities for usable stories, Ellery had planned an overnight stop in London. But on flying in from Orly, he ran into an Interpol man in Commissioner Vale's office at New Scotland Yard. The Interpol man was muy simpatico. One good yarn led to another in a procession of pubs, and before he knew it, several days and nights had blinked by, putting the new year just around the corner. The next morning, spurred by conscience and a head, Ellery stopped in at the airline office to pick up his ticket. And that was how and when he met Harry Burke. Burke was negotiating passage on the same jet to New York. The Interpol man introduced Burke as a private inquiry agent. One of the best, Queen. Which, of course, means he doesn't pad his expense account by more than ten percent. Burke laughed. He was a short, sandy-haired man with the neck of a wrestler who looked like a good companion for a fight. He had very light, almost transparent eyes, and they had a trick of disappearing, as if they were not there at all. He looked like a Teuton. The Burke said he should have talked with a brogue, but his speech came out on the Burry side, and before leaving them together, Interpol cheerfully identified him as a renegade Scot. Over a pint and a much-sucked-on pipe in the nearest pub, Burke said, So you're Queen the Younger. This is fantastic. It is, Ellery said. Meeting you this way, I mean. I was with your father not fifteen hours ago. My father? Inspector Richard Quayne of the New York Police Department, Burke said solemnly. You've just flown in? The Scot nodded. But I saw you buy a plane ticket back to New York a few minutes ago. I found a cable from Inspector Queen waiting for me when I got off the plane. Seems there's been a development in the case that originally took me to the States. He wants me to turn right around and fly back. That's my daddy, said Ellery. Does he mention why? No, but the cable contains that salty word, pronto. It must be important. Ellery fondly accepted another ale from the barmaid, who looked as if she could have fetched the entire keg on one palm. This case, Burke, could it be the sort of thing I have no strength to resist? I don't know your capacity for punishment. Burke smiled at the vast barmaid, too, and buried his Caledonian nose in the mug. He was a handsome man. They made the westward crossing shoulder to shoulder. For all the good Ellery's hinting did, the Scotsman might have been from the CIA. On subjects unrelated to his case, however, he was talkative enough. Harry Burke was an ex-yard man who had recently resigned his detective inspectorship to form an agency of his own. Business was picking up, he said wryly. In the beginning it was touch and go. If not for my connections at the yard, I'd be scratching like a bantu. Commissioner Vale has been very kind. Ellery gathered that Burke's current professional preoccupation was a result of Vale's latest kindness. The inquiry had come into the yard, and the commissioner, finding it not proper yard business, had privately recommended Burke for the job. It was not, Ellery suspected, Vale's first kindness of the sort. Burke was kept hopping now.
But I'm a bachelor, the sandy-haired man said, and I don't have to make a ruddy accounting to some whining female for me hours. No, there's no one on the agenda, thank you. I don't stay in one place long enough to form an attachment. You, quoth Ellery, speaking strictly from hearsay, are the sort who gets hooked in one fell jerk. The angler hasn't been born who can hook me. Watch out for the ones on my side of the puddle. Catching the hard ones comes naturally to American women. They seem to have missed you, Queen. Oh, but I'm the original artful dodger. Then we have a great deal in common. And so they proved to have, including a penchant for small disagreements. By the time they sat down in gander, they were on a first-name basis and arguing amiably over the comparative merits of serving Scotch kippers with and without...